Welcome to Gutter Trash, episode 192, The Ray. My name is Eric. I am Jason. How's it going? Excellent. Good to hear, good to hear. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastically. You, you sound like it. Yeah, I am forcing this. Oh. <laughs> well, forced positive energy is positive energy nonetheless. Exactly, and now my throat hurts. Oh, that's why you don't do it. Well, yeah. Okay. And also, my sinuses are killing me. Yeah. It's allergy time. For it is. Reason. Not uh, for me, though. Well, fuck you, then. My my girlfriend was complaining of similar afflictions that, yesterday. That uh, that you're being a dick because you're running around <laughs> allergy-free? Yeah, that's right. Is that what she's complaining yeah. about? Because I am on her side. <laughs> I'll probably be uh, murdered by the town. <laughs> a bunch of all the snot-nosed people with hay fever that hate me. <laughs> It uh, should be mostly everyone. Mm, yeah. We do live in uh, Hay Fever Village or whatever the fuck this place is. <laughs> We're supposed to be like one of the top-rated allergen yeah, cities. Yeah, yeah. Dayton, Ohio. That's what it's got going for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gotta have something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So I apologize for the the sound of my voice and the. Sniffles and uh, other horrible things that might happen throughout this episode. <laughs> at least you're not seeing it, folks. Huh? I said, at least they're not seeing it. It's true. That is true. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Let's do this. The Ray. The Ray. By some guys. Some dudes. Some dudes that go by the name of Justin Gray, Jimmy Palmiati, and Jamal Eigel. Yeah. And there's another name on the cover there. Uh, Rich Parada. I wonder what Rich does. Uh, colorist, uh, inker? Well, let's find out. I'm gonna guess inker. I'm gonna say that you're right. Hey! Colored by Guy Major. That can't be a real name. <laughs> Guy Major. <laughs> Letter Dave Sharp. Huh. There we go. Full credits. Wow. It's, uh, everyone uh, deserves uh, a, a job shot. well done. Right. Oh, well. So is that a spoiler? No. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, those guys work hard. They don't get uh, the credit usually. Right. Maybe oh, we yeah. should uh, give them the credit, uh, especially the colorist. Oh, yeah. Uh, as if uh, any uh, any book deserves coloring credit, uh, it's this one. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't think... Uh, I don't think this book would have been as uh, visually uh, enticing without uh, the the right colors. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, I agree. Because all the light. Exactly. Like, right. It's yeah. about a dude made out of light and a lot of light beams sh- yeah. shooting places and that's uh, it's an extra effort on the colors. Plus, there. there's scenes where he's uh, supposed to be depicted as different uh, nationalities. Exactly. And yeah. you know, there's some slight skin pallor tone changes. Right. Yeah. You know, well, you're right. Yeah. Wow. You've really changed my mind in the last five seconds. <laughs> uh, I think we all know how hard uh, colorists have it. Mm. And uh, they are poor, poor bastards for having to do that job. Because <laughs> they get none of the glory. Right. And they have to work, I'm going to say, three times as hard as... Uh, Anyone else who worked on this book? Really, I think. Well, oh, yeah. Because it's more tedious and not as like exactly not as. I mean, there's no like 
sweeping movements where you're just like, look at this line, I'm right. shooting on the page. Especially now with, with uh, digital coloring, you know, it's all, you know, mouse clicks or, you know, uh, working with a tablet. Right. <clears throat> and, it, you know, it's just all, I mean, it's pretty much just shapes and tracing, really. Yeah, I'm serious, because cause in order, and uh, I'm sure that Guy Major has a uh, a flatter uh, like our right. uh, like our friend uh, James Abels, right. uh, who basically goes in and just lays down the flat colors, and then he comes in and adds all the the textures and the flares to to, to the work. Right. But uh, you know that flatting job, you know, alone is is tedious. I imagine incredibly tedious. Unsung heroes, those guys. Oh yeah, and yeah, you're just tracing the line art and laying in blocks of color. Right. And. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's not fun. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I bet it's one of those things. Like when you see the finished product, you're like, "Wow, I helped it get to there." Oh yeah, like, I mean, yeah. you're you're like the guy that like built the very bottom layer of the pyramid, right? Yeah, you know? you're like, I did something, you know, part of that, you know. Yeah. Or maybe in that case, the top of the pyramid. Yeah, because because you gotta <laughs> hike all the way to the top because they didn't have cranes. Oh or anything yeah. Like that. Well, we don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> there's alien technology. There's like some sort of floating uh, anti-magnetism sh- shackles that the Egyptians used or something. Touche. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, good job, colorists. And I feel sorry for you. Yeah. Because you know they're they're probably they're probably not at conventions oh, no, very yeah. much. I'm sure they are, but I'm sure they don't get the. Uh, the tension and right, right, right. Yeah. no one's like sign my. I don't know. I wonder. Does anyone, James, ever come up to you and have you sign a Godzilla comic? If yeah. you're listening, let uh, us know. I don't. Uh, I don't even know if he's ever uh, done a convention. In really? That matter. It all just you know, him being a flatter, he doesn't get like you know the inside credit either. So. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Well, fuck a lot, this a lot of unsung uh, heroes out there in comics. I've never read another fucking comic. Let's uh, let's go ahead and stop right now. Okay. Gather up my entire comic collection uh-huh. and then uh, burn it out on my porch. Oh, that sounds great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly then, uh, dangerous. Use the flames to uh, grill some burgers. Oh. Well, vegetarian burgers. Nope. Uh-huh. If we're burning comics, you're no longer going to be a vegetarian. Really? Yep. I'm manning up in more ways than one. Exactly. Wow. I don't know if I can it's handle it. It's time to be an adult, Jason. <laughs> uh, that's true. I heard that uh, spinach has souls. I just heard that on an Adventure Brothers cartoon yesterday. <laughs> it depressed me. Because <laughs> if I can't get my facts from you know, them, who can I get them from? Exactly. Oh. <laughs> So here we go, sort of. The Ray. The Ray. Now, before we start, yes, was the Ray like an old like Charlton character or something? Or oh, uh, I don't remember exactly, but he was a Golden Age character. Okay, I don't yeah. know if he was from DC. I know he wasn't from Charlton, but I don't know if he was like quality comics or. I, I seem to remember there being a Ray comic in that whole line of uh, Impact Comics in the early 90s? No. Like, oh, there wasn't a Ray? No. Okay. Well, what was there? I know I've seen a... The like, Fly? Is what you're thinking of? Oh, well, there are three Black letters. Hood. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I know, there were, I know I've seen a Ray comic. From the 90s, yeah. From, Joe Quesada drew it. Was that a DC one? Yep. Okay, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. First cover, like, purple background. Uh, his legs are just light. Yeah. Joe Quesada art. Okay, yep. okay. It all came back to me. Yeah. 
so yeah, that was the the modern day incarnation of the Ray. The the Golden Age version was uh, uh, that character's father, oh. yeah, who is referenced in this uh, comic as uh, you know somebody who got hit with a light bomb and a uh, hot air balloon and right. light powers. Okay, that was, was it. Okay, and he had uh, like an all gold costume with like a weird. Really, did he have like a Nazi vest or something like a? That's the current, or not the current, <laughs> okay. but uh, the good Quesada one. Yeah. Okay. The but the other one, the original, all gold costume had like a weird, flared chest thing. Oh, and didn't he walk around with like a cigarette hanging off his bottom lip, like when he saw Slimer? Oh, that was Ray from the Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm done. <laughs> Uh, hooray! <laughs> well, I've never seen the Golden Age Ray. I think I've only ever seen the '90s and then uh, and the current one. I just remember it being something before. But yeah, yeah. Hey, are you, are you still here? <laughs> My Ghostbuster joke just too much. Okay. Um, so what do you think of the book? Of this book, there What do you think of it? What? What's wrong? <laughs> I said I was done. Oh. Well, that doesn't make any sense. We've still got like an hour and a half to fill. Oh, <laughs> well, I could fill it. <laughs> Just put some more music in there. Mm-hmm. And, okay. I'll uh I'll take a third of uh, Brian John Mitchell's new uh music project and uh you know that'll be the rest of the show. <laughs> What's his new music project? Uh it's called Four and a Half. It's a four and a half hour long drone piece that he recorded. Wow. Four and a half hours. Did he he did this all at once? Like uh, I don't know about that, but uh still. Four and a half hours. That's a that's a bit. That's that's a that's a little much, Brian John yeah. Mitchell. <laughs> Maybe he's going for some sort of record. Maybe. But, uh, hmm. he, he's listened to us. He knows that we like, uh, brevity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love you, Brian John Mitchell. I can't support you with your four and a half hour music project. That's, that's, that's odd. That's odd. It's a bit much. I mean, I guess maybe if you're gonna, like, be doing some sort of, you know, like, if you're painting or something and you want some sort of, like, you know, some sort of auditory like zone you're going into, you could put it on for four and a half hours and just you know, zone out while you're painting or something. But right. I couldn't imagine just listening to that otherwise. No, I could not either. What's wrong with you, Brian John Mitchell? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There. Um. Hmm. So anyway, so the Ray was a Golden Age character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a full golden costume with, uh, like a weird flare thing on his chest, and he had the, the fin ma- mask, you know? Right. And then his son was the, the Ray from the 90s, who had the, the weird jacket thing. Right. Michael Jackson, Nazi jacket thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like almost like a flight jacket. Yeah, kind like of. Like a rocketeer kind of thing. A little bit, a little yeah. bit, uh, with uh, rolled up sleeves, mm-hmm. fingerless gloves, I think. And he had the uh, the helmet with the uh, the fin on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I wanted to say until you started just being a piece of shit. 
Just made a joke about the rain. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> so this guy is not related at all. No. Lucian, or whatever his name is. Lucian Gates. Yeah. Brand new character, New 52. Mm-hmm. Let's start over from scratch. Is it? New 52? It's not. New 52. It? I thought this was before New 52. Nope. Okay. Part of the second wave of the New 52. Yeah. Yeah, I think I read a preview of this in All-Star Western, which was also by Graham Palmiotti. Yep. Um, and I liked the preview. kind of made me want to check it out, but I just never got around to it until you picked it. Um, I, uh, I don't know why I picked this, or, or why I picked it up in the first place. Because uh, I like Graham Palmiotti for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I like Jamal Eichel somewhat, but... Uh, I'm also not a guy who will rush out and buy every single thing that any of them do. Right. Yeah. Uh, pick and choose what I, what I want to get from them. Uh, so I, I have zero idea why I uh, started buying this book. Maybe uh, there was nothing else good that week. Uh, I doubt that. <laughs> not not to say anything about this book, but like you know, I'm always getting so much stuff right. that you know. It has been a very long time since I have uh, gone to a comic shop on a Wednesday and there have been nothing right, to right. have come out. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. But, uh, so this guy gets his powers in the first issue. Yeah. Like we see his origin, basically. Right. Unfold. As all uh, good superhero comics should do. Yeah. You get what it is in that first issue. Yeah. Yeah. Even, like, the first half of the first issue. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, none of this uh, spread over six-issue bullshit to, you know, get to us to the point where he actually does something heroic for once. Right. You know, uh, we, we pretty much get it from the get-go. <laughs> well, they only had four issues to work with. They knew that. Well, still. Too. Yeah. Still, some people would have uh, stretched that, the first five pages of this into those four issues. Right. Yeah. And uh, that would be horrible. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But this was not horrible. This was pretty okay. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't amazing. No. But it was, uh. I've, I've, uh, I've read better by those, uh, by those two guys. Yeah, yeah I, re- I really like the All-Star Western. I think that's probably my favorite of the new 52. I only read the first issue of that. Uh, was not enough to make me want to continue to read it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't bad. I just, uh, I don't know, didn't love it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I kind of liked, uh, Kind of like Jonah Hex, uh, the pre fifty two series uh, yeah, yeah. before uh, before he was in Gotham and all that. Right, thing. yeah, and uh, they were individual issues. Like you just pick up a random issue. Yeah, had a rotating artist, you know, thing going on. I did like the individual issue thing better. Yeah, yeah. but but I, I think it's a good series. Though. I'm sure it's fun, and, and from what I hear, it's tying into the Scott Snyder storyline in Batman a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, like, uh, yeah, I just liked, uh, you know, the, the structure of, of Jonah Hex before mm-hmm. it became All Star Western. Mm. Jonah Hex, yeah. Uh, uh, so, wh- what do you think of the, uh, the villain in this, the Ray? I don't know. <laughs> The uh, the movie m- filmmaker yeah. uh, who was trapped in a film. Mm-hmm. 
Did you not like that? Yeah, it was fine. It kind of reminded me of like a lame Grant Morrison idea. Mm. Actually, it was, I don't know, I kind of liked it quite a bit. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck is going on anymore here. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, <laughs> it's a fine comic book. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. You just don't want to talk about the Ray? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I thought it was decent. Yeah, it's good. Not great, but, you know. It's fun. It like it's just like a superhero story that is entertaining, but it's not like memorable. Like I doubt if I would ever reread it. Right. Like you know, it was just like. I mean, I like I liked the idea of like the filmmaker who was trapped in a film and like he could somehow control reality, but it was just kind of like I don't know. It seemed like kind of a one-off animal man story from the eighties that Graham Morrison wrote. It was just kind of like right. It was kind of neat, but like it just didn't really go anywhere really. Like, the character wasn't... I don't know. There's nothing really to him. Right. I think, uh... I think, uh... You know, maybe there's that sort of... I don't want to say fear. Because there's the the hope, I guess, that... I'm sure the people involved in this book wanted to maybe do more. Right. Or at least, you know, set up a firm establishment for the character to continue afterwards. Yeah. Uh, to be part of a team or something. Right, yeah. And, and they sort of lead that up a little bit. Uh, uh, at the end, they uh, sort of hit at, uh, you know, a, a previous book that uh, Palmiati and Gray worked on uh, back in the, the, the old 52. Oh, yeah. The uh, Freedom Fighters. Hmm. Is that a book? Yeah, with Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, with uh, Father Time, I believe, showing up at the end. Was that? Yeah. Uh, that yeah, might be right. Was it Father Time? Uh, I believe that's the... Uh, I don't know. He's basically uh, Nick Fury without an eye patch. Oh, okay. That guy. Yeah. He's trying to recruit him for some sort of team, right? Uh, I think that was the Freedom Fighters. Uh, I said never. I never read Uncle Sam stuff, right? Uh, I only read the two series that uh, Pabiani and Gray wrote. And they were really good. Uh, um, and uh, there was a Ray in, in both of those series. Uh, the Ray from the 90s uh, was in the uh, second series, and then there was a different Ray beforehand who wound up turning out to be a bad guy. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so so they have experience with the Ray. Right. Uh, yeah, they, they seem to ride him well. I mean, he's like, you know, I don't know, he was an interesting interesting superhero. Right. You know? He seems uh, kind of hippie-ish. Yeah. Well, I mean, his parents are hippies. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, it's sort of like a weird, uh, enlightenment type of superhero. Yeah. Like, like, uh, cause he basically defeats the villain by talking to him. Right. Like, I mean, there is action and there is fighting, but, uh, he does, uh, you know, he uses his, uh, words instead. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, it's got a little bit of that, like a little bit of like, 
There's like an odd perspective on superheroes and like right. a little bit of humor, but but I mean it's not like mind blowing no, crazy perspective yeah. and it's not like hilarious comedy. It's just like just kind of peppered with some different takes. Right. It's uh, it's like a slightly above average Spider Man comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could say that. I agree with that. Uh, now that I'm uh, feeling more like talking about this book, uh, I will talk about the villain a little bit. Yeah. Um, I actually liked the villain quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, not so much when he turned himself into Magneto at the end, uh, but uh, <clears throat> it really actually, I guess, yeah, he kind of wasn't... Kind of wasn't... Uh, I don't know. Uh, amazing. But, but I like the, the core concept of it right. at the beginning. Yeah. Cause he is basically Ruggiero Deodato, the director of Cannibal Holocaust. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> yeah. Cause he like just filmed some, uh, tribal, like, you know, ritualistic murders or something. Right. Yeah. And then what he films like some sort of, uh, what was the, it was like a tsunami or an earthquake victim or something, some sort of victims. Right. I don't know, but he was making all the carnage, like the backdrop for his movie, like. Right. All these dead extras, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh that seems cool. Yeah, but yeah, he, uh, he, he, uh, he cuts his throat, or has his throat cut and, uh, filmed while it's happening. And, uh, has the film thrown in a Lazarus pit. Which is pretty neat, I think. Yeah. Cause, uh, you know, uh, yeah, let's, let's do some more with the Lazarus pit and then, uh, bring, bring back, back Lazarus yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about where, like, conceptually it's like, oh, that's a really neat idea, but, I don't know, once he actually, like, came back to life, right, he yeah. just kinda, eh, just kinda petered out. Right. At that point, I was also really distracted by uh, the fact that Stephen Tobolowsky was in the book. Oh, yeah, was that his like? It was the uh, the film professor at the the first issue. Okay, how was that supposed to be? Him? I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's only four of them. We should be able to find stuff in there. You, you think? Uh, oh yeah. Okay, he's teaching the class. Right. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's, it's yeah. in the bull. Yeah. <laughs> Ned Ryerson. <laughs> Needle nose Ned. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I can tell you too, like I don't know if they did this as a miniseries to see how sales were, whether they would warrant enough for a, an ongoing or something, right. but I can tell you I think we sold like two copies of issue one and like one copy of number two. And I think I, I think we only ordered like one copy of uh three and four uh-uh. because we we're like, you know, nobody's buying this thing. Right. Well maybe you shouldn't have ordered so few. Like one copy you mean? Yeah. Well that's always sold of the first two. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. How many did you order of the first one? Yeah, probably like five or six. Right. Something like that. Which I mean, you know it's not a lot, but it was more than we needed apparently. So that's too bad. There. It's also Mavericks, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although, was, you know, yeah, I don't know. It, it, 
Yeah, this wasn't a blockbuster book. I don't think it was ever going to fly off the shelves. Right. Because you're dealing with uh, creators who, I mean, they're prolific and they do a lot. And they're solid. They're solid, but they're not, I don't think they're A-listers. I don't think they're people that anybody are knocking down, you know, to to pick up their next work. Right. uh, Especially, I think... They seem to have a lot more enthusiasm for books that aren't superhero related. Yeah, yeah, like All Star Western, right? Yeah, yeah. and uh, like they do a lot of creator owned stuff lately, and I'm sure they they definitely want to focus more on that. And oh yeah, do they? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't think they they totally. I'm sure they're fine with superheroes. They they certainly work in the the genre quite right. a bit, but uh, I'm, I'm sure they. Their heart isn't in the Right, yeah, right. yeah. It's not like what they are thinking about when they just want to make comics. Right. So, yeah, I'm sure, you know, they, they did the best that they could with this, and maybe maybe it was something that, you know, they thought they wanted to do. They thought they maybe had a different take on it or something like that, because right. there is a little bit of a different take on this. But Yeah, I mean, there's cool robots with right, high yeah. heels. Monsters. And, what yeah. was the deal with, there was like a, like this weird robot that, you know, like kidnaps the Ray's girlfriend and it has high heels at one point. The uh, robot does, like, but I've never really explained why it had high heels. Just probably just because. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe it was like trying, it was like this female entity that was absorbing the female consciousness of his girlfriend. Or I, I didn't know. Like, there's I, something I didn't more. even notice. So, the high heels, you mean? Yeah. 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 It was alright. Yeah, it's, it's, it was fun. Yeah, it's perfectly. Adequate. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, uh, yeah, nothing that I would, uh, nothing that I would ever rush out to recommend to anyone, but if anybody ever brings it up, I'd be like, oh yeah, that was fun. Right. If I did a sequel. Right. Not really. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'd wait for a trade. Right. Yeah. Maybe I'd get it digitally after the price drops. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't think it's anything that I would rush out to buy a sequel for. But, right. uh, but you know, if they did like another Freedom Fighters, uh, based on the strength of, of the previous series and, and this one, if, if you know, they incorporated the Ray in there. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe I would check that out too. Right. Know? Yeah, I, I might as well. I'm not, like, I, yeah, nothing thrilling about it, just entertaining. Like, yep. Solid and not disappointing, but not, not, uh, mind blowing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. That was something. We said something about the book. Yeah. It, it is one of those books that's kind of hard to talk about because it's like, eh, you don't want to insult it, but you want to falsely praise it. It's just, right. it's dead center. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. There. <laughs> we'll be back.
our podcast show. Yay. So we we had a good break. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we, uh, I'm not going to lie. That, that first segment was horrible. It was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, I was just being a dick for no reason. <laughs> and, uh, we needed a, we needed a breather. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm agreeing with the breather part. Right. <laughs> I wasn't calling you a dick. No, oh, but I was. Oh, okay. But, uh, what an awesome little video we watched. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a self-help video. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, How'd you stumble upon that? Uh, I, I follow, uh, Michael Graves on, on the Twitters and, uh, the Facebooks. Hmm. And, uh, like one day he posted, uh, hey, here's my video for my cover of No Rain. You're like, what? <laughs> exactly. And I know that he's done quite a bit of uh, acoustic stuff in the last uh, couple years. Uh, ever since, uh, I think, Illusions, which was his uh, benefit album for the uh, West, West Memphis 3 that he did with one of the West Memphis 3 guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's done a lot of just acoustic shows here and there, and uh, acoustic albums and Singles and stuff like that. Is he branching out or slowing down? Either uh, branching out, I think, because yeah. uh, I think I read that he had, he does have a new album coming out, and it's you know just horror punk right. kind of stuff. Okay, so I mean, yeah, I just think he tried something different. Yeah, he's here not there. done. He's just right. trying. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, so he he made a video for his cover of No Rain, the Blood Melon song. Yeah, the one with the Bumblebee girl. Yeah. Michael Graves, the former lead singer of the Misfits during its metal years. Yeah. <laughs> 
what I would, some would call their better, better years. years. Yeah. Yeah. I love him and the Danzig years equally. I don't mind the Danzig years, but I love the Michael Graves years. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that was a weird video. It was. But it was good. Yeah. I mean, I actually have always liked that song. Oh, it's like, a good song. Yeah. I don't think that uh, is debatable at all. Yeah. Well, any art being good or bad is debatable. Except but. for when it comes to the song No Rain. <laughs> <laughs> that and the Sistine Chapel are amazing. Yep. Everything else, debatable. Yep. <laughs> Do you remember, uh, so you don't remember the video? The original? I've never saw the video. Um, I've only ever heard this song on the radio. Like even if you don't think you've seen the video, maybe this will Jerry remember. Do you remember like a little chubby girl dancing dressed up like a bumblebee? Uh, I know a little chubby girl dressed up like a bumblebee because that was the cover of their album. Okay, well she's also in that video. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. It, Blind Melon was not a band I was ever into. I don't think I ever bought their album. I think that may be the only song of theirs I ever heard. Probably me too, yeah. But uh, it's a great song, and yeah. I don't think that can be denied. Right. And Michael Graves does a fine job covering it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, he changes it just enough that, you know, makes it his own. Right. But uh, still, you know, very obviously recognizable as the same song. Exactly. And the video is just bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not like David Lynch bizarre, but like just odd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Quirky even to add points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it has a warmth to it though, which is weird. Oh yeah, like yeah. It has a very like creepy yet warm kind of feel to it. Yeah, it's hard to accomplish. He's the uh, he's the ghoul with a heart of gold. Aw, I thought that was Matt Brassville. Uh, no, he's just uh, an idiot with a werewolf mask. <laughs> Oh, yeah! That's him. That's why I love him. <laughs> oh, that was unnecessarily mean. Oh, you mean idiot in the most... I would tell that to him to his face. Yeah, though. exactly. <laughs> you mean idiot in the most playful sense. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's our idiot, and we love him. Exactly. What a <laughs> Just like we're his idiots. Exactly. And he loves us. And he, uh, he uses and abuses us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think our lives would be the same without a Matt Brassfield. Yeah. And uh, I mostly mean that positively. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't have to work Wednesday mornings. <laughs> <laughs> I get the occasional discount on a DVD. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Change their lives. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So speaking of DVDs, yeah, uh, what have you been doing lately? Nothing, really. Nothing. I went book shopping with my lady friend today. Ooh, did you buy anything? I bought two Stephen King books. How really? weird! How weird is that? I unexpected. On uh, me as well. Uh, I like when we sat to the bookstore. If you would have said, "Who's the last author you're going to buy something by?" I'd go, ah, probably Stephen King. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you want it by? Uh, well, I forget the name of it. Whatever the book is that Silver Bullet is based on. Oh, uh, Curse, Cycle of the Werewolf? Yeah, so I started to say With Curse the of the Werewolf. Wrightson. That's why I bought it. Oh, yeah. I've I, got it. I've never seen that. Yeah? And I was, like, flipping through it, like, cause, cause we were talking about Stephen King on the way there, and I was like, yeah, you know, I've only ever read, uh, Night Shift, his book of short stories, and I was like, that was actually pretty good. Yeah. 
and she was like, "Oh yeah, he's he's great," because she had she had just recently read this book he did called On Writing. It's just like about writing, you know. And uh, she was like, "Yeah, was, you know." She's like, "I think you'd really like a lot of his other stuff." And and we were just like flipping through the Stephen King section. We just happened upon it, and uh, and I saw that werewolf book. And I was like, "Ooh, I've always loved werewolves since I was a kid." Right. And I picked it up and was like, "Bernie Wrightson." Yep. And there's like full color, awesome pieces. And oh, I was like, yeah. "This is going with me." And I then own it. I got yeah. a copy. Yeah. And then we left there and we ended up at uh, used a bookstore because I bought that at Books and Company new. And then Wait, I was like, oh, where's there a books and company? It's at the green. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how often I go to the green. Yeah, I know. I've, yeah. I hardly ever go to that bookstore. Cause I, I don't know. I don't really like going to new bookstores that often because books are like 25. Like there's a new, uh, Chuck Palahniuk book I was looking at there. Right. Or uh, it was new to me called Damned and it sounded good. It was $25. Yeah. I was like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. So we went to Second and Charles. And then I bought a book of... Uh, Second and Charles, where Books and Company used to be. Or, yeah. Which is, when you say Books and Company, that's, that's what you think just of. what I think yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I know, yeah. yeah like, all of our lives, that was Books and Company. Yeah. That's too bad. But, yeah, that's now a second-hand store. But, and it's pretty cool, too. I, I I found a Skeleton Crew, his book of short stories that I've never okay. read, and it was, like, $2 and something. So. Yeah. so, yeah, I bought those two books, and those are the only things I bought today. Well, that's kind of <coughs> surprising for me. But I'm excited to read both of them. Yeah. You know that uh, Bernie Wrightson also illustrated The Stand. Really? Yeah. Did not know. Uh, it may just be the uh, the uncut version, which is like you know a thousand, you know maybe twelve hundred pages long. Wow. And uh, it's got uh, spot illustrations, black and white. You know, like like Frankenstein level Bernie Wrightson illustrations. Really? Yeah. Like tons of them. Enough. Like you know, twenty, thirty of them at least. Probably. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. That's enticing still. I don't think I'll ever read a book that's a thousand pages long, but if I will I'd... say that I read it. it. Took me years. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody says it's amazing. I'm sure it is, it's but good. I, I just don't really like long books right. like that. I like short stories and like maybe two, three hundred page novels at the most. Really? Yeah. You're a man on the go. I got stuff to do. Exactly. Yeah. Dogs to walk and whatnots. Magic to sell. Magic to sell. <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. Read yeah, my cool. Stephen King book. Uh, yeah, Cycle of the Werewolf is is fairly short. Yeah, uh, looks like it. Uh, it was uh, initially envisioned as a calendar. Really? Yeah, like the Bernie Wrightson artwork. Yep, it was uh, Bernie Wrightson artwork with like you know just basically like a short paragraph, you know, basically telling the story for each month. Yeah. And uh, it never worked out as a calendar, so Stephen King expanded the prose and wow, turned it into a novella. Well, that's cool. Yeah. But, yeah, based around the uh, Bernie Wrightson art. That's awesome. And I guess they did Creep Show together. Yeah. Bernie Wrightson. And Stephen King. What, what did Bernie Wrightson do on the Creep he Show? Through a comic called Creep Show. Oh, I think it meant the Stephen movie. Stephen King wrote. I think it meant the movie. And then they Show. turned that into a movie. I didn't know there was a comic. I believe so. Wow. Could be mistaken, mm. but I believe so. I've never seen a copy anywhere. Yeah, me neither. And I actually work at a magic store that carries some comics. Right. <laughs> well, some comics. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah. what else? Nothing else? Uh, I went and saw The Dark Knight. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, no spoilers. Uh, no spoilers. Uh, I enjoyed it, but the thing I enjoyed most about it was that it was over. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. 
this is fucking crazy. I went Tuesday morning, okay. and it was five bucks, first of all, which that's right. awesome, right? Yeah. Um, I went at 9.30 in the morning. I was the only person in the theater for the entirety of that movie. Yeah, because it's 9.30 in the morning on a Tuesday. I've never... That I, is the way to see a movie. I've I've been to, like, 10 o'clock before, and there's always, like, a guy here, a couple there. Right. I've never in my life, out of 35 years, <clears throat> seen a movie where I was the only person in the theater until last week. It's an amazing thing to happen. It's It was incredible. Yeah. Like, I almost couldn't enjoy the movie because I was so excited about Watching that movie by myself. Right. <laughs> I like, I like, at two or three times in the middle of the movie, I was like, I'm the only one in the theater! And like, that went on for like 30 seconds and then like I missed dialogue and stuff. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen uh, more than a few movies uh, by myself. Wow. Uh, it's enjoyable. It's amazing. I would pay $20 a ticket if I knew I was there by myself. Yeah. I think I would too. Yeah. Uh, I almost, like, like, even though I've, I've I have a 1% interest in seeing this movie. I mm-hmm. uh, almost thought about going today to see it at 9 o'clock because there was a showing. And I figured 9 o'clock on a Sunday, you know, it's at least going to be not crowded. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I yeah, decided I'd rather sleep. No. Probably for the best. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I feel rested, mostly. Yeah. I would say, yeah, good movie. That's good. It's a fine film. Uh, someone like me who hated The Dark Knight. Uh, is this, uh, redeemable? Um, does it, uh... It's different enough. Like, it has kind of a different, you know... I mean, you know, all three movies kind of tie in, of course. Right, and, you know, right. they have a tone, but... I don't know, there, it it does feel a little different as far as, like, the pacing and things of it. And, right. yeah, I think Cause, it's, cause I, st- I still stand by uh, Batman Begins. Uh, it was even on TV, like, uh, last week. And I watched it, and I still thought it was an excellent movie. Mm-hmm. And I uh, just still did not like The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is this like in between, or am I going to walk away from it still upset? I think, it, I mean, it's kind of hard. Like, it's not like an easy choice, but I think it's my least favorite of the three. Okay. But that's like saying my least favorite, like, you know, I don't know, Nirvana album or something. Right. Like, something that right. I like, all of them. Uh <clears throat> yeah, I I think you'd like it. I mean, it's not as like you know. But you also would have thought that I would have liked the Dark Knight. Oh yeah, I would, yeah. I would have thought you would like the Dark Knight too. So. But uh, yeah, I think I think you'll like this one better. Yeah. It's Kathleen's favorite of the three. Yeah. So, uh, but she also probably loved. She Dark loved Knight. loved the Dark Knight. Yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah, I uh, need to find someone who shares my point of view on the Dark Knight and see what they think of Dark Knight Rises. I guess right. Yeah. Or I'll just make up my own mind at some point. I may go next weekend. I don't know. There you go. Take a day off and go during the week. Uh, that would be awesome. But I already took a day off this week. So right. I can't take off too many days. And you can't exactly see that movie and then go in late because by the time it's over, it's already 5 o'clock. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I guess I could go and then uh, come in after lunch. Yeah. 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 Pretty much exactly. If there's a 9 a.m. showing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like two hours and 45 minutes. Right. It's pretty long. Yeah, yeah maybe we'll see you next, uh, next Sunday. But yeah, that's uh, pretty much it for me. How yeah. about yourself? Well, you know, uh, I did something. You did something. I did something. I, uh, I, uh, the, the long-time listener knows that uh, my general rule in life is I never leave the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, uh, I don't do much. 
Uh, and, and I especially don't do a lot uh, without uh, you uh, at my side. <laughs> I'm your Robin. Yeah, yeah, you are. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I uh, I had a, a little adventure uh, on Friday. Yeah, do yeah. tell. So, uh, so yeah, so I took Friday off of work. Uh, I stayed up all night Thursday so that I could uh, prepare myself to have a very late night on Friday. Right. And, uh, it turned into a very, very late night on Friday. Really? Yeah. Uh, so around uh, 3 p.m. on Friday, I, uh, got into my car and, uh, ran a couple of short errands and then headed out of state. To the wonderful land of Indianapolis. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's not a, it's a long drive by any means. It's two hours, two and a half hours. And, uh, but, uh, I was there because at eight o'clock that night, uh, I was going to see a one man show called The 40 Year Old Boy Success is Not an Option. Uh, it is a, uh, show by a comedian by the name of, uh, Mike Schmidt, who also has a podcast called The 40 Year Old Boy. Right. Of which I am a massive fan of. Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, I was, and he's been touring with this, uh, one man show of his, uh, for about a year, two years now. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, a little over a year. Maybe. Right. Uh, Actually, maybe it is two years now. Wow. I didn't know it was long. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he just goes basically, you know, a city at a time, you know, in not regular intervals, but, you know, uh, he, he's not consistently touring. Uh, okay. It. I see what you mean. <clears throat> it's basically sort of like if he, basically what he does or what he has other people do is uh, set up like a Facebook page and say, hey, if you want me to come to your town, you know, if I get like at least 30 people to like this page. You know, then I'll try to find somewhere to do a show in okay. your city. And uh, Indianapolis was one of the first ones that he did. And I'm like, fuck, I love this guy. Uh, Indianapolis is two hours away. There's no way in hell he'd ever come to Dayton. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I would highly doubt Cincinnati or Columbus even. Where's he from? Uh, he lives in L.A. Uh, okay. Wow. So, yeah, that is quite a... <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so, you know, someone early on set up an Indianapolis page, and I'm like, I can do Indianapolis. So I liked the page and would just patiently waited, and that was two years ago. <laughs> and he has uh, since done the show in, like, Texas and Portland. Uh, San Francisco, I think, was the first place he ever did it in. Uh, he did uh, Philadelphia. Uh, then he, like, a lot of people wanted him to come to do, like, uh, the East Coast uh, so he actually did a Kickstarter thing where he uh, funded uh, his tour, like an, an East Coast tour, basically. Oh, yeah. So it was uh, like New York, Boston, Washington, D.C., uh, and Atlanta uh, that like he, he got Kickstarter funding for, and he did you know shows in all those places. He's done Chicago. And I think uh, a couple months ago, maybe back in April, he did Cleveland, which I was like, yeah, Cleveland is... It's a four-hour drive compared to Indianapolis, which would be two hours. Yeah, it sounds like it'd be closer, but it's right, not. It's in the same state. Uh, so, you know, I, I still held out for Indianapolis, which uh, 
could not get booked. Uh, like he just, you know, for, for two years, he just could not find a place in Indianapolis that would have him do the show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so he finally got one set up and he set the date for July 27th and, uh, I was like, I'm fucking there. Uh, so that's, uh, what I want to go see on Friday. And, uh, I got to Indianapolis, uh, like at 5.30ish, which was, uh, super early. So I just sort of drove around and, uh, I figured out where the, the venue was. It's this little black box theater called the Indie Fringe Theater. Huh. Uh, and it's downtown-ish. Uh, and it's, uh, the building, it's basically, it's an old church. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's, it's very small. Um, so, you know, I found the place and then I was like, well, I still got like two, two and a half hours to kill. So I started driving around and I found a comic shop. Hey. It was like, I like comics. I'll, I'll go buy a comic and kill some time. Uh, so I pull up to this place and I park on the street because it, it is like right in the middle of downtown. Uh, and I get out of my car and I go to the door and the fucking place is closed. It is 6 p.m. on a Friday. Huh. Yeah. Maybe they're getting ready for the Mike Schmidt show. Eh, probably not. Um, so I, I tweeted this, uh, at the time, but, uh, I'm gonna say it again. If you're a comic shop and you close at 6 p.m., fuck you. Just fuck you in the ass. Why? It's Why would you close at six? Pretty early. People yeah. work. I mean, right. even comic nerds. <laughs> yeah, occasionally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's only magic nerds who are all unemployed and spend all day at the shops. <laughs> it's true. I can vouch for his theory here. <laughs> uh, so then I just started walking around downtown because I had nothing better to do. And, uh, there wasn't really much going on down there. Uh, I mean, I didn't want to stray too far from my car. Right. You know? Uh, and I also still knew that I had, uh, hours and hours to go, so <laughs> I also didn't want to wear myself out. Uh, so all I really saw were, uh, restaurants, bars, and, uh, bail bonds offices. <laughs> so I, uh, went into a bar and I had a beer. Nice. Uh, the first uh, drink of alcohol I've had in uh, like four or five months. Yeah. yeah. What'd you have? Uh, just the Bud Light. Yeah. It was on tap. It was right. Cheap. Uh, so I had that, that that killed fifteen minutes. <laughs> uh, so then I, I went back to where the theater was and I uh, parked and I kind of sat in my car for a little while and then I decided yeah, I'll just go. Stand in line, which I was the line. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, eventually a line formed. And then the thing is that, uh, Mike had thought that, uh, at, at the time, uh, like before I even left town, uh, his previous podcast, uh, there were not a lot of people buying tickets for his show. Oh, yeah. Uh, he said it was one of the lowest-selling shows that uh, he has done. Uh, that sucks. Yeah. And even to the point where I was almost wondering if he was going to cancel altogether. He did not. But, uh, like, you know, even before he left L.A., he still said it was it was not doing great. Right. Uh, 
It didn't sell out, but there were about 40 people there, I would say, guesstimating. Right. Uh, but yeah, went in, saw the show, uh, doors open at 8, and, uh, I drank beer throughout the show. Yeah. Cause, uh, I don't know, I'm out of town, so, you know, let's, let's, let's yeah. spice this up. It's like a little vacation. Yeah. Uh, so I had like five beers and a couple of them with water here and there. Uh, but he, uh, show started at about 8.15, and show ended at about 11.30. It just hit. Wow. Just him talking. That's impressive. Yeah. He didn't, like, there's no intermission, like he was there the whole time? No intermission. There wow. The whole time. On stage. It's like the Rolling Stones. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, and I mean, I've seen Henry Rollins twice, you know, do his speaking shows, and he talks for three hours. Uh... You know, and then the one time I saw Metallica in concert, they didn't have an opening act and no intermission, but they performed for about three hours. Wow. So, yeah, I'm used to long shows. Yeah. Uh, I will say when I saw Henry Rollins, uh, at least the second time, because uh, I saw him both times at Bogart's, and uh, I don't know if it's just the seats that they have there, uh, but I was almost paralyzed. <laughs> Uh, by the end of, uh, Henry Rollins' show. Just super uncomfortable. Just uncomfortable. Uh, my ass hurt, my legs hurt. Uh, I could barely move, I could walk. It was painful to even get back into the car and drive back to, to Dayton. Oh, man. Uh, I did not feel that, uh, the, the Mike Schmidt show. Uh, but he, yeah, it's, uh, it's a one-man show, and, uh, I wasn't entirely sure what to expect, because I listened to his, his podcast. And, uh, it is anywhere between an hour and a half to sometimes four hours yeah. of him just talking. Rambling about whatever. Right. Right. And, you know, be it his life or telling stories or just what happened to him that week. Uh, for the past month and a half, uh, every episode has been about how uh, he can't get t-shirts made. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think he's hilarious. And I know you've listened to the show and you are... Iffy. I'm kind of on the fence. Like some, I guess maybe it's the mood I'm in. But right. yeah, sometimes I don't find him funny, and sometimes I do. Right. I think he's always funny, and I think he even stories that he tells that maybe are not necessarily funny. I think he manages to make them funny. Uh, but I think if you would have went with me to the the live show, uh, I think you may have turned around on him and just if not to find him funny, at least find uh, that he is worth listening to. Right. Because the one-man show isn't entirely funny. Uh, and in fact, it gets kind of emotional uh, throughout it. Because uh, what it basically is, and I was worried that like you know, it was just going to be stories that he's already told on the podcast. Right. And there were a couple of stories that, you know, it was like, oh, I remember him talking about that. Right. Uh, but they were different enough, and then there were additions to them, and also s- stories that he's never told on the podcast before, too. That's cool. Uh, <clears throat> and plus, when he gets up on stage, he spends, like, the first hour just talking about his trip to that place. Right. So, I mean, it's basically a, an hour of improvised stand-up comedy, like, right at the top of the show, before he gets into the bulk of the, right. the actual show. Uh... And, uh, yeah, there's just basically about, uh, his life and, uh, how he got to be where he is, which is basically being a fuck up and a failure. 
<laughs> and uh, you know, and his family life, and how apparently terrible it can be. Uh, <laughs> but you know, also done with with humor and and uh, but and enough like of an unemotional impact that you know, you walk away from it with something, right? Uh, huh. Uh, and so the show ended, and he does a meeting greet with uh, the audience at the end. And I mean, like I said, there's only 40 people there, so he gives everybody who wants to stick around, you know, time. That's you know? awesome. That's really cool. And uh, so, like, I stood up, and I just stood at, like, one of the back walls while a line formed, because I'd been sitting for three and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. uh, so stretched out a little bit, and then, you, yeah, like, Every single person that comes up, it will give as much time to that person as you know, as they want. Uh, buying T-shirts, taking pictures, autographs, you know, just talking. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I waited until I was the very last person, and uh, you know, so I was the very last person. I went up and talked to him, and uh, shook his hand, and uh, I was like, "Hey, I'm Eric." And he looked at me. He's like, "Sean Bourne." <laughs> but that's weird, right? <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah. Uh, mostly shocked by the fact that he pronounced it right. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody pronounces my name right first, you know, for first some, shot. Yeah. For some weird reason. Because yeah. It's not like there's extra silent letters or anything. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty self explanatory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I know my name. Well, I mean, I've, I've uh, like, emailed him uh, on a rare occasion or, like, Twitter messaged with him back and forth or Facebook message, but, you know, not enough that... But he knew you were coming to the show, apparently. I guess so, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, uh, you know, he was talking to me, so he's like, you from around here? And I was like, no, I'm from Dayton. And he was like, holy shit. Uh, <laughs> he was like, well, that's awesome. I'm never going back to Dayton as long as I live. <laughs> Yeah, he's been here then. He has yeah, been here. It's proof. Yeah. Uh, back when he was doing stand-up comedy, he uh, performed at Joker's and was banned from Joker's. Really? And uh, apparently the owner was just a giant cunt to him. <laughs> and uh, he said he's been to Wiley's, too, and he liked Wiley's. But uh, yeah, as far as he's concerned, Dayton is just, you know, cursed earth. Off, off the map. What, why was he banned, do you say? Uh, he told the story once on, on uh, his show, but I can't remember exactly what it was. There's something during his bit, though, wasn't yeah, like, yeah, yeah, something during okay. his, his uh, you know, at least his uh, time that he was supposed to be there, yeah. Oh. And I think he was there with Jimmy Pardo, too. Uh, wow. But uh, I was like, well, you know, I've been to Wiley's, and uh, I think Joker's is gone. It blew away in a tornado. And, uh, <laughs> he was like, good, good. I hope that fucking bitch that owned it uh, went up with it. <laughs> So wow. Something about Joker's happened. Yeah, yeah, apparently it stuck in his mind. Yeah. Well, uh, so yeah, we just talked for a little bit, and uh, I just told him that you know I thought the show was a lot more emotional than I expected. You know, uh, like it kind of hit me a little bit hard at times. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, you know, we just kind of talked, and I told him that uh, I, you know I listened to this show all the time, and that I, I sort of feel a kinship with him a little bit because we're both fat dudes struggling with our weights and we've both uh you know kind of failed at our chosen professions 
uh, squandered a lot of opportunities that could have helped us out. And, uh, you know, both have uh, some rage issues. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, there's some parallels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then I, I bought a T-shirt, uh, which uh, I'm not going to wear. I'm just going to have it framed. Oh, that's uh, cool. He, he autographed it for me. And uh, he was like, so uh, you, you heading back tonight? Are you staying in town? And I was like, yeah, well, you, my brothers live here, but I don't think they won't be showing up at their house at you know 1 a.m., and he's like, well, I mean, if you want to hang out afterwards, you know, we're all going to go get something to eat. I was like, I would totally love to hang out. That's and, awesome. Uh, so it was about nine of us or so all headed out to this uh, bar in downtown Indianapolis to hang out with uh, Mike Schmidt. <laughs> like everybody else was audience members? or uh, There were three other audience members. Uh... Well, f- I guess four, technically. Because uh, he stayed with a person in Indianapolis, like a friend of his. Uh, so she was there. Uh, <clears throat> so it was her and this other comedian who just happened to just be hanging out. Uh, his name is Matt Holt. Hmm. Uh, the girl's name was Heidi Miller. Uh, and then there was this other girl, I think, who was just a friend of theirs named Raquel. <clears throat> and then uh, the other audience members was a guy named Mike, who I guess before the show had bought five tickets and just said uh, if anybody wants them, you know they'll just be available at the door. Like like he just wanted to support the show that much. Oh wow! Uh, and then I guess he brought one of his friends who had never seen or ever heard of Mike Schmidt. Uh, his name was Josh. And then there was a dude who drove from, like, somewhere in, in uh, Illinois. Wow. Uh, by himself? By himself wow. to, to come see the show. Uh, his name was Matt. So two Matts, two Mikes, Josh and me, uh, Heidi and Raquel, all going out <laughs> to dinner. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> so I'm following Heidi uh, to this place because I don't know where the fuck I'm going. And nobody has given me an address, oh. which I specifically asked for. Uh, I was like, you know, if, uh, if anyone wants to give me an address to this place, you know, I, I can uh, find the place on my own. And uh, Matt, the the comedian Matt, uh, was like, well, Heidi's got that red Prius. You can just follow her. And uh, Mike Schmidt said, uh, yeah, fuck that. You're, you're not getting an address. <laughs> uh, so I had to keep up with her through downtown Indianapolis <laughs> to find this place. It's called the Brass Ring, and um, I love Pat Kane. Yeah, <laughs> Pat Kane is is in my top five, top ten favorite people that I've ever met. Yeah, yeah. He, he's super awesome. But if you look at a Pat Kane, if you meet a Pat Kane, and you don't know anything about the awesome part of him, you just look at him and you just kind of see hipster. Uh, this place was full of Pat Canes without any of the awesome. Oh, that's too bad. None of the awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, dudes in tight skinny pants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ladies that are all tattooed up and buffonted out. Ooh, uh, you know, and just drunk and smoking and begging for everybody's attention. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. it was the world's hipsterish 
douchiest place I've ever seen. Wow. <laughs> the brass ring. Yeah. And, uh, and then us. <laughs> uh, a comedian and his fat posse. <laughs> wow. Was that like a culture clash there? Uh, it really would have been if, if we had interacted at all with uh, okay. anybody. Nobody seemed to. Like, yeah. Uh, I'm sure people wondered who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> you know, these uh, people who are 30 years older than any of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it turns out, like, uh, the Josh guy lived at one point across the street from this place, so he knew exactly where it was, and... Uh, there's like a really weird building right across the street that has like this, uh, uh, blue light at the top of it that just sort of goes back and forth like the light in a Cylon eye. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> it was bizarre. Uh, but yeah, we just hung out there until 3.30 in the morning. Wow. Uh, just, uh, we ate some stuff because I was starving because I didn't eat. Uh, the last time I had ate was, uh, just before I left Dayton. Uh, wow. That is quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, it was just bar food. So, you know, it wasn't great. Right. Uh, but, you know, I, I wasn't drinking or anything like that either. I was just drinking water since I knew that. At some point, I was going to have to come back up. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we just hung out and uh, talked for a long time. And then, I mean, I didn't say much because, you know, me... Uh, more than two people in a crowd, and I, and I just go silent. Right. Uh, yeah. uh, but, I mean, it was just awesome to hang out with this this guy that I respect and admire. and Probably kind of feel like you know, because you've exactly, heard him yeah. talk so much, right? Uh, yeah, I hear him in my head, you know, at least two hours a week, you know, for the past four years. Right. Uh so yeah, like, yeah, I totally feel like I know that guy, even though I know I don't, and he absolutely has zero idea who the fuck I am. I, well, I don't know. He's he knew your name. <laughs> well, he did know yeah. my name. That is true, and he knows I was wearing a Superman shirt. So I'm sure that probably says uh, something about a person. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah and uh, Heidi made a dessert that she brought to this place. Really? Yeah, it was like this weird creamy frozen casserole type thing. Huh. Yeah. Uh, like like cakeish, ice creamish. Uh, it had like a graham cracker crust with like this creamy thing on top. Huh. Yeah. Like almost peanut buttery, but Ooh. not quite. Wow. Uh, good for Heidi. That sounds good. Oh, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah Mike was, was uh, I don't know what she does, but I think She's definitely involved in the comedy, you know, uh, industry. Okay. Uh, you know, I think she travels a lot to, to deal with comedians or something. She, I don't she know. makes desserts for comedians across the globe. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and uh, Mike told a story about her on stage. Uh, like, they were just driving around, like, the previous day. Like, and, like they had sushi, and, like, they, they were just driving around, finding something to do. Went to a couple of bars, and then, like, it got to be, like, two in the morning, and, uh, Mike was like, well, White Castle. And, uh, uh, they went to a White Castle, but it was closed. Uh, so they just went back home, and Mike, you know, went to bed, and, uh, 
He said, uh, 20 minutes later, there's a knock on the door, and he opens it, and it's Heidi with a plate full of frozen White Castles that she had uh, prepared. Aww. And like he, grocery store White Castles? Yeah. And he said, no, I'm not going to eat those. <laughs> <laughs> Close the door. <laughs> huh. Yeah. What a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi said she uh, completely expected that. Yeah. It's just kind of his personality. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that is the personality that he brings. He knows he's a dick, but, you know, he's also trying to not be a dick, which is something that he and I have in common as well. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we're, we're hanging out, and gets to be about three o'clock they've called last call and then you know they're they're wrapping things up and uh we start hearing this noise because because we're outside on a patio mm-hmm. uh like all nine of us or whatever and uh there's just this horrible horrible noise that's happening and we're like looking around and down the street comes a, a van or an suv of some sort uh, shooting sparks out of the passenger side of it. <laughs> it has completely lost its uh, passenger side front wheel. Ooh. And it is just driving down the street yeah. as if nothing wrong is happening. <laughs> At 3.30 in the morning. At 3.30 in the morning, downtown Indianapolis. And we are watching it, waiting for it to crash into something. Because uh, there, there are traffic lights up ahead. And a bus stop and some construction areas. And also, uh, there's a, uh, place called Fountain Square, which is, uh, just basically it's like a block in the middle of a block. Uh, hmm. like this weird centerpiece of, of this, you know, area. Big fountain. Not a fountain, but, uh, hmm. you know, just a building. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, but there's like an extreme turn that needs to be made in order right. to maneuver around it. And this car without a wheel is just, uh, Fucking going down the road at like 60 miles an hour. And, uh, when it gets to like the area where the bus stop was, it, uh, we, we see it, you know, tap its brakes. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Right. It didn't stop or anything like that. And then it, you know, started heading towards that building that's like right in the center. Right. Uh, and then it makes the turn and goes out of sight, still shooting sparks. Right. And, uh, where does Mike is just like, Hold on, there's going to be a horrible noise coming soon. <laughs> and we all just sit in silence. Nothing. Huh. Huh. It wasn't being chased by anybody. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, I mean, we briefly saw the driver of this thing um, just looking like nothing was wrong in the world. Was it like a bad part of town? No. Yeah. Although maybe he didn't want to stop, you know, and fix it, lost a tire. No, 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 not a terrible part of town. No. Huh. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, uh, very hipsterish. I mean, so I mean, terrible to me. But uh, uh, yeah, so yeah, so so that happened. That's bizarre. And uh, the Josh guy uh, decided that he was going to go look for the tire down the street, and just like jumped over the railing and started walking down the sidewalk. <laughs> Never found it. Never found it. Oh. As far as I know. Uh, then we saw a stripper, uh, walk across the street to, uh, go to an apartment building. Uh, <laughs> so then, uh, you know, last call happened, and then we all decided, well, we better get the hell out of here. Uh, 
because uh, uh, some of us had uh, other states to drive to. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I got a picture with Mike. Uh, you know, uh, there in the parking lots. Uh, you know, and said goodbye to, to everybody. Uh, you know, the the comedian Matt Holt uh, talked to him. He's actually going to be in Dayton in November with Jimmy Pardo. Wow. So I told him I'd probably go check that out. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, he's a very nice guy. He's got a podcast for the life of me. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, so you can Google it? Yeah, his name is Matt Holt. Google that and podcast. Um, and then I, I told Heidi it was nice to meet her, and then the, the dessert thing was, was very good, and she gave me a hug. And, uh, and then I got into my car, and I saw... A woman, uh, wearing a skin tight leather outfit, uh, very, uh, Christina Hendrixy. Oh. Uh, red hair and all. Uh, busty, busty, busty. <laughs> uh, low cut leather halter top thing with skin tight leather pants. Uh, she had been at the bar and she was apparently walking home. In high heels, and a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mask. <laughs> Which one? Uh, it was black, so oh. you know, it wasn't a specific okay. one, but uh, it was that headband type of mask wow. you know, wrapped up around her head and, wow. and tied in the back. <laughs> oh, okay, they meant like one of those plastic Halloween no. masks? No, okay. no. Like, yeah. like an actual... Like, like, a, like a bandit, bandit mask. mask. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty hot. Yeah. God, yeah, it was. <laughs> Uh, and then on top of that, we're, we're, we're all saying our goodbyes and, you know, and Mike is, is thanking everybody for hanging out with him and, and coming to the show. And, uh, this uh, pregnant woman walks down the street and she is followed by a shirtless dude with a, uh, a cooler strapped to his back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably like baby formula and whatnot. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Well, I guess. Not if she's pregnant. Anyway, right, formula, right, right. yeah. <laughs> wow. And uh, we're all just looking at it. Mike's like, yep, that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, so then uh, 3.30 in the morning, I'm getting into my car to head on back to Dayton. And uh, get my GPS out and figure out where I need to go. Find 70 West and, or 70 East. And, and, uh, get on the highway, and, uh, and I actually passed, uh, Mike and Heidi, uh, on the way back. Uh, and then I started driving, and, uh, about four o'clock, I realized that I'm very tired. Yeah. I am incredibly tired, because I have been up for a while. I've had a, had a bit of this evening. A little bit of an adventure, man. A little bit of an adventure, and, and I also had a little bit to drink earlier in the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, not enough that I was drunk at that point and I had something to eat, but, right. uh, you know, now I'm just feeling the exhaustion yeah, of everything. It's all setting in. And, uh, like, I'm still in Indiana. And, uh, it's getting to me. Like, like, my, my vision's getting blurry. Ooh, yeah. Like, like, I'm, I'm beginning to kind of, like, swerve on the road a little bit. So I stop at, like, a, uh, like one of those giant mega trucker gas stations. Yeah, that's cool. And I got myself, uh, you know, like a water and a slice of pizza and some trail mix and 
eat the pizza in the car, and uh, you know, I start heading on the road. I figure if I'm eating trail mix and drinking water, this will help keep me awake. It's still really hitting me. And so now, like, I've got the window down, and i got the music cranked up, and uh, it gets really bad. But then I make it to Richmond, <clears throat> cross over the border into Indianapolis, or into Ohio. Uh, it, it is, it's becoming too much. And so, like, I find uh, an exit and I pull off on it, and there's, uh, like, another one of those uh, mega trucker gas stations. Uh, and there's also a, uh, like, a budget motel, like, right next to it. And I pull up at the gas station a lot, and I'm, I'm seriously thinking about going to that motel and just sleeping for a few hours. Wow. And, uh, like, I sit in the parking lot, and I even kind of doze for about ten minutes. Uh, so then I, I decide to, I wake up, and I'm like, all right, go inside the shop, just look around for a while, you know, maybe buy a snack or something else, uh, maybe, maybe get another water, just to see if you can wake up a little bit, because at this point, I'm only five, 45 minutes away from home. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I don't really want to... Right. <laughs> Stay at a motel when I, I'm less than an hour away from my house. Uh, so I do something else that I have not done in about five months or so. And I bought a cup of coffee. Ooh. And, uh, and I put sugar in it. And, uh, and also I didn't want to stay at the motel because, uh, in the time that I got there, to the time where I went back to my car from getting the coffee, there were like 20 dudes hanging outside of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at five in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I drink a little bit of the coffee and uh, I kind of slap myself awake a little bit and, and uh, hit back on the road and, uh, the coffee really helped and, uh, got back home at six in the morning. Wow. <laughs> Just crashed. Uh, no. Uh, I mean, cause yeah, I, at this point I had uh, some shit to bring in. Right. You know, like my, my GPS and my iPod, and I brought a book with me, you know, just in case I had too much time to kill, and, you know, I'd have something to read. And, uh, waters, and my coffee, and the t-shirts, and right, so right. all this crap. And so I kind of settle in, and, uh, yeah, I'm actually, I'm a, I'm a little wired from the coffee and the drive at the same time, you know. Uh, so I didn't actually didn't get to bed until about seven. Uh, wow. And, uh, yeah, it crashed pretty hard, but then I still woke up at around noon. <laughs> oh, and on top of all this, my comics had come in. Uh, oh, yeah. So I got new comics uh, when I came home. Oh, right. See? That's always good to come home to. A pile of comics. <laughs> wow. So you only slept like five hours then yesterday? Yeah. That was yesterday, right? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so Friday into Saturday. That's, uh, that's what I did. That's awesome. Uh, that's cool that you had a good experience with, with, uh, with Mike, because that's the worst whenever you, you know, you finally meet someone who, you know, you're like, ah, I feel like a no or whatever, you know. Right. So that's awesome. That's really I think cool. it is different, like, you know, like, like, I think with any other type of entertainer, like, like someone that you would idolize, like, like, like a rock star. Like a rock star, like, let's say, you know, like a Robert Pollard or something like that, right. you know. Right. Someone who's probably accessible. Who, who you've experienced 
mountains and mountains of his work. Right. You know, but but it's a different type of thing because it's songs and you know, the, it's, it's not like they're ta- talking to him. And right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so with Mike, it's like you know, I mean, he's telling you about his life. Yeah. You know, every week for hours at a time. For years, so yeah, it is really more like you do know him. Yeah. So, so you already have an idea of what he's like. I mean, it's not exact, but it's close, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, whereas, yeah, with a rock star or something, it could be anything you don't know. Because, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, even even an on stage when they're in a concert, you know, if they're bantering or whatever, it's still. It's part put of, on. It's yeah, entertainment. Right. Part of a show. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was a pleasant experience. Like I said, I didn't talk much. I, I didn't really ask him a lot of questions or anything. Or, and I don't know that I really had anything to say. I mean, there's a couple things I, I didn't want to know, but yeah, I never... Right. You know, and then you know, some things, like, yeah, I, I felt like I told him everything I needed to you know, felt I needed to say, you know? Uh, I mean... Honestly, like the biggest thing that I, I want to know that I don't know is the fact that he's got a guy who does art for him every week. Like they, they put up like a, a a painting every week. Oh uh, yeah, you talking about that? I'm, I don't know that I've seen him. But... Right. Uh, <clears throat> and I'm just like you know because he records the show like on Wednesdays, and then it goes up on Thursday. So that guy only has like a handful of hours to do a painting. <laughs> Oh, it's like based on what he talks about? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless maybe he cues him in early what he's going to talk about? Uh, he's done that occasionally, but sometimes, you know, yeah, he'll he'll call him sometimes even in the middle of the show or, or after the show huh. to say, well, this is what we did. Wow. And that guy has to, like, you know, it's like a full watercolor painting. Wow. Just like, that is awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've seen some, like, like Bob Ross could do an awesome watercolor well, sure, in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it just depends on how good they are, I guess. But, yeah, but that, and, yeah. and he's very good, and it's, it's, I mean, they're all amazing paintings. Yeah. It's just like, I, I would, if, if I was that guy, it, if Matt Brassfield asked me every week <laughs> to paint him something yeah. in a day, I would, uh, kill Matt Brassfield. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you somehow agreed to it, that, that's why you would kill yeah. him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, what did I do? <laughs> Maybe, does he pay him quite well? I, wonder. Uh, I don't know that anybody gets paid. Wow, that's I mean, impressive. podcasting. Yeah. There, there's not a lot of money to be made here. Wait a minute, what? Yeah, sorry to break it to you. Uh, <laughs> no, I've seen the checks that you write me that go into that account that I can't access, and they're huge numbers. <laughs> I just can't wait till the day that I'm allowed to access it. On your 65th birthday. <laughs> All that is mine. Uh... So, yeah, so, uh, it was quite possibly one of the best times that I've had in, in recent years, definitely. That's great. Uh, and I'm so glad that I went, and I'm, I'm so glad that, uh, he invited me to hang out with him afterwards. Uh, right. Yeah, you know, and I know that it's a thing that he does in every city and every show that he does where, you know, he just wants to hang out with anybody. And I'm glad that I was able to do it, and I'm glad that I, I forced myself to do it, really. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I know me, and, you know, uh, I don't know if you had a gone with me, or uh, the other person that I invited who wanted nothing to do with this, <laughs> uh, uh, 
I would have tried to convince you to, to hang out. Right. Uh, but you probably would have convinced me not to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm glad I didn't go because I probably would have been like, I gotta work tomorrow. Right, Let's just right. go home. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm glad that I did it. And, uh, w- when I got home, I posted on Facebook that, uh, you know, I had like just an amazing time, you know, throughout the night and that uh, people would be able to listen to two different podcasts to hear it. You can hear it here, where I just told you the story. And on Thursday, you can download the new episode of The 40-Year-Old Boy, where Mike will tell his point of view of the story, in which I will have very little interaction whatsoever oh, in it. Oh, wow, that's interesting. But he will pretty much tell exactly what happened the same in Indianapolis. Wow. Yeah. That is interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. And I really recommend that people listen to that show. Uh, it's it's. It may take a couple of episodes to get used to exactly what it is, but I... It's my favorite show that I listen to week mm-hmm. after week. And, you know, I don't I don't listen to any comic book podcasts or anything like that. I, I listen to mostly comedy podcasts. Right. And there are some really good ones I listen to, like uh, Never Not Funny, Comedy Bang Bang. But there's something about the 40-year-old boy that I love more than those others. Wow. And I really hope that people check him out, you know, based on, on this, which... I don't know that they will or not. But, if, they, if they somehow made it through the first segment of our show. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that is awesome. Yeah. And I'm really glad that it turned out to be a positive experience. Yeah, it was, it was, I just, I had an amazing time. I'm glad that I did it. Uh, and met some really nice people. You know, uh, and then, yeah, I'm definitely gonna go to Wiley's to check out, uh, Matt Holt's, uh, stand-up. Sweet. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah, if he ever comes back to Indianapolis, I'm, I'm definitely going to go again. Well, that's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Or or anywhere closer, God forbid. Right, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not Dayton, though. Yeah. Probably not yeah. Dayton, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <clears throat> 40-year-old boy. The 40-year-old boy. Check it out. Is he, is he still 40? Because he's been calling He's like that. 45. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a liar. I think his birthday is actually today as we record. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. The 45-year-old boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because uh, Heidi actually gave him a uh, birthday present while we were down there. <clears throat> Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a Very ton cool. of fun. Yeah. Oh. So thanks for putting up with that story. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. I, I mean, that's cool. Like I said, sometimes I find him enjoyable, but right. I just he's never really clicked with me. Maybe I'll... I would like to hear maybe that podcast if you if you right. have yeah. access to that. That'd be kind of fun to totally to hear the other the other side, side right? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, and you'll even get to hear that first hour of the show that uh, I went to. Oh yeah, because he recorded he that. Too. No, he didn't record it, but he will repeat pretty uh, okay. much the exact same stories. Huh? Okay, because that's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I love it, and and uh, it's awesome. And, uh, yeah, this is all stuff I could have told you yesterday when we were hanging out, but, uh, I don't do much ever, so, you yeah. know. figured you'd save it. Yeah, yeah have, have a story to tell. Me, me doing something is kind of show-worthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm glad it, like I said, I'm really glad it turned out to be something cool and that you got to do something more than just, you know, see the live performance. Right. That's awesome. Which, even if that was it, if, even if I had just gone home at, you know, midnight, you know. Right. Still would have been worth it. Still uh, would have been worth the trip. But I, I'm glad that I got to hang out further and talk to the guy and like hear the guy talk to other people. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And eat some uh, and see some a shitty potato skin. See a three wheeled van and a oh and a, yeah, and a yeah. Christina Hendricks bandit. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Sweet. Well, yeah, anything else fun going on, or is that pretty much yeah, it? It's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the Olympics. Uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't, uh, haven't done that. My, my PS3 finally works again. Right. I'm excited about that. I don't know what happened, but it, it works. I don't suddenly, care. Suddenly is uh, back in action. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, just, I, I got a movie to pick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you do. Yeah. I forgot about that. So, uh, so we, I actually brought up this movie to you about a week ago. And uh, I decided, well, fuck it, I'm just going to pick it. Unless, of course, you've already seen it between the times that we've talked about it. Uh, But it is called The Killer Elite, starring uh, Jason Statham, Robert De Niro, and Clive Owen. Oh, okay. No, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Sweet. I'm down with this plan. Alrighty. The Killer Elite. Yes. I'll watch anything with De Niro in it. I'd even watch freaking Bullwinkle or whatever. Was he in that? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Even the the Fokker movies. I would watch. I I saw Meet the Parents. Uh, that's the only one I've ever seen. That's but, the only one I've seen. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was funny. Yeah, yeah. Nothing I'd ever. Much want. like the Ray. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just entertainment. I would watch. I would watch De Niro in the Ray. <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably have to play the villain. Now. Probably. I don't think he could play the Ray at this yeah. point. Because maybe the Ray could turn into Robert De Niro. Oh since yeah. Apparently, that's one of his powers. Yeah. Besides Change. being naked the entire time. That's something we forgot to mention. Yeah, that is. That is pretty cool. Yeah. The, the only superhero that is always naked. Well, other than, like, Silver Surfer, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Sasquatch. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Puck. He's yeah. falling on hard times. He's yeah. just naked all the time. <laughs> Sweet. Killer Elite. Killer Elite. All right. Well, since I've bored everybody, let's uh, (laughs) say this is over. Well, good night, everybody. Good night. You can subscribe to Gutter Trash at iTunes or directly at guttertrash.net. If you go to iTunes, please leave us a review. You can email us at eric at guttertrash.net or jason at guttertrash.net. For more info, you can find us on Facebook. Or you can go to seanborn.net or buyerbeware.guttertrash.net. Listen to our sister podcast, League Night, at league.guttertrash.net. Thank you for listening. Until next time.